0: You're listening to DraftKings Network.
1: This episode is brought to you by Columbia Sportswear. It's snowing again, and that wind chill is killer. But you're not worried about that because you shop the Omni Heat Infinity Collection. It's warmth perfected with tiny gold dots that reflect your body heat inside and protect you from the cold outside. No snow or chilly temps can stop you now. Go out anyway. Shop the Omni Heat Infinity Collection now at columbia.com slash infinity. A team that many of us, myself included, thought had just gasped their last breath. And that is the Calgary Flames, who are now on That's a That's
0: what you got for them? <laughs> what? That's it. Gasp their last breath. I'm when you said that, I'm like, she's not going with the flames 1st We're going with like maybe the <laughs> Because deck. they're
1: succeeding. I can't do like going up in flames, burning down. <laughs> ashes Someone to ashes with
0: them i don't know spark their flame you have all the answers figure it out that was a shitty one i need something better for the flames that
2: the extinguisher well, is the meanest thing
0: you've ever said to me oh my was- god i thought you were talking about the winnipeg jets right now i am disappointed in you that that is what you went with for the flames the easiest team to do it it's not our job to figure this out we're not as witty as you this is your thing Have we used them all up? I'm trying to be
1: professional. I'm trying to be professional. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Too Many Men. My name is Allison Lucan, and I am joined by someone who is such a talented writer. They're actually going to be sticking to one of the most likely successful teams in the postseason with some insight and coverage like nobody else can do. And that is Sarah Sivian. Sarah, you're working at maybe doing a little bit more dedicated Bruins coverage this postseason. How are you
2: today? Yeah, I'm thrilled to be potentially getting back into the rink more. I'm not exactly sure what it's going to look like because you never really know, right? But I'm looking forward to trying to get back into the rink and TD Garden for a little bit of reporting on the Bruins run
1: going to be awesome to see that play through your eyes it's going to be fantastic Uh, we would not of course be too many men without the prolific writer speaking to a subject she knows is dear to my heart please read her latest article on the norris shana goldman shana say hi
0: hi I know the Norris is one like we both have tried to measure what is defense how many times. And it feels like each time we do it, we're kind of like cracking another level of it. But we're still like at the end of the day, like, do we just measure defense or are we just making proxies for it? Exactly.
1: Exactly. So everyone check that out. That's a great piece. Um, but we are here back for what is now, my gosh, you guys, the final two weeks of the regular season. I keep looking at my calendar and going, what? 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 This is insane. Um, but although one part of hockey is getting ready for a different phase in their play, another part of hockey is just starting to ramp up. And this factors to be very exciting. We're gonna talk about it in Sarah's favorite segment, which is
2: Bit O News.
1: Bit O News. Shayna, tell us the women's worlds is about to start. Although I'm not happy and I bet you know why. Jin, Z he done? Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, it'll still be a good tournament, but it won't <laughs> be as good as it could have been. But that kicks off this week. Um, obviously everyone knows USA and Canada are the favorites, but there is some intrigue anytime these teams return because the veteran core that we know and love for both teams that have been crushing it all these years, we're seeing more turnover. There's no Kendall coin for, you know, USA. Branda Decker just retired. Alex Cavallini did not make the team. She tried out after having a baby and isn't going to be on the roster this time around, but we're going to see more of the young guns take over that we started to see, you know, last worlds and with the new coaching staff, they actually, you know, Get a minute or two to play and so you know watch out for players like taylor heisey and you know abby rock and you know it's it's so excited but also watch the other teams watch japan coming up their ranks and disrupting and finland and sweden sweden there's so much to watch in this tournament it's not just usa and canada
1: absolutely sarah i know uh we're all all three of us are going to be very busy pulled in a bunch of different directions with nhl stuff happening but have you been able to to check in on the women's worlds or is there a team that you would like to try and maybe even catch a little bit
2: of if you have some time? Well, obviously the US and like Shana said, with the new coaching staff, that'll be exciting. Obviously we talked a lot about the questionable decisions with the last coaching staff. So I'm glad they made a change and we'll see what's going on.
1: Absolutely. And again, we always encourage this, but if you haven't, you don't have to just Know the women's game to watch it. I'll tell you, I am not a huge women's basketball fan. I just don't have the bandwidth to take it in. But this past weekend's games were amazing, and I loved the Super Diana Taurasi feed for the final. It was fantastic. Um, so you can take in these games in a bunch of different ways. And if you can't catch these games live, do be sure to check out a bunch of written coverage or coverage online. We love the work by our friends over at the Ice Garden. You can check them out. And I also wanted to mention in a second bit of news, maybe this is more of a shout out a a celebration, um, but we reported that this was coming. We're delighted to see that it looks like the announcement is official that the women's PHWA chapter has been announced and it is chaired by friend of the pod and one of the most impressive people I know in the media space and in the world in general, Erica Ayala with members including, and I'm going to mention just a few of these, Mike Murphy, Dan Rice, Angelica Rodriguez, Melissa Burgess, Alini, who we know, Aaron Brown, so many great people. Sarah, we knew this announcement was coming, but it's official. How important is it for the women's game to have kind of the the rubber stamp, the thumbs up from the Writers Association.
2: Yeah, it's just another thing to legitimize the whole, the whole thing, right? You know what I mean? And you, you can start more discussions about um, trophies and awards and things like that and just kind of have people that have more responsibility to the league to be, so they're like going to be on top of their stuff as they always are. And I just love that. Mike Murphy and Erica Alaya and all the other big hitters are involved. I think they've deserved something too. that kind of, they just work their asses off in this space for not always the most recognition or respect. So now they have something more that is going to do the same thing that it does to the league where it's like, people are going to tune into their coverage and they know where to look. You see, where can I go for a space? That's a, women's hockey expertise. It's going to be everybody associated with this. So that's just fantastic.
1: Shana, this is obviously something that's near and dear to all of our hearts. And you know, a lot of the folks involved in this newly announced chapter, how excited are you to see this continued legitimacy improve for the women's side?
0: Yeah, everyone, you know, involved in this has been doing the work for years. So anytime it's acknowledged, celebrated, and, you know, even more so supported, it's a great thing. Um, the the Writers associations in place for a reason. It helps writers, you know, even if it's just a go-to for questions or, you know, a problem solver, just a little backing, whatever it might be. So to see these writers who have been putting in the hours and putting in the work for sometimes like a thankless job, you know, we're spoiled that some of us can cover the game full time. And that's our only job. And in women's hockey, that really doesn't happen. So anything that can make life a little bit easier, smooth out the process and just, you know, add a little bit of oomph behind it. Like I'm here for it.
1: Absolutely. Just, I, oh, go ahead, Sarah.
2: Oh, we can close out on this, but I wanted to add something that's not on the agenda that Allison brought up, brought up but finish up. And then I will.
1: No, I was just going to say <laughs> to your point, Sarah, is that I think this is You know, people don't always know that it's the Writers Association that helps make sure that media members are literally by rule guaranteed to talk to players who play, players who skate in a practice, to coaches. There are rules in place for how long it has to be before you have to make players and coaches available to talk. And that's really important. And to your point of legitimacy and accountability, this helps make the leagues and the players in these leagues and conferences and all levels even more accountable, more professional. I think that helps the growth of the game as well. Go ahead with okay, yours. Okay,
2: I actually have two things to say. Wow, why don't we have like a long episode? Okay, so I <laughs> have two things to say. Eleni is also starting a firm where Our she's- Our directions rep- this year. Yeah, we're <laughs> like, let's <laughs> go. She's so badass and she's yeah. obviously a lawyer yeah. and she's starting a firm to represent these players. And I think that is just so cool and also so needed and just another- there's so much positivity in women's sports lately in women's hockey, where you really think it's going to be getting bigger and bigger. And, and Allison brought up um, the NCAA championships, and that was an absolute blast. And I just wanted to talk about Angel Freaking Reese for a second, because that's a name I'm never going to forget now. And I'm really invested in her career with the way she was unapologetically that this is what we want. We want women's sports aren't entertaining enough. And then you get Caitlin Clark, who is obviously unreal and an absolute legend. And she beat um, Cheryl Swoops' record before she fouled out, but she was doing her little, you can't see me, whatever. And then Reese justifiably had an amazing game her team won by a large margin in college hoop standards and she's doing the same thing back it's not like she invented something but even if she did it was super badass and hilarious and it made me so invested in the sport and you got poach Kim on the on who's I don't know that's something else but <laughs> it was just so highly entertaining and I think people are always gonna have shit to say when it comes to women's sports right because it's not entertaining enough and then there's a, a banter oh. She should she had, should have some class. Whenever white people use the word class, and it's about a black woman, I think you gotta look at yourself and ask why you're saying that, and if it has to do with her being black or being a woman or both.
1: I I agree, and I have said for years one of the reasons I love covering women's sports. My experience has been hockey directly, obviously, but is that these athletes. Don't give a damn. They have not had to go through months and years of being, having the personality beaten out of them and to talk only in cliches. And they recognize the power of their spot. And if anyone hasn't seen Angel Reese's post game comments, I strongly encourage you to watch them. That woman is wise and mature beyond her years, knowing that she has the power and claiming the power to challenge a lot of things that went down because it is true. It's it a white person does something and different words are used as opposed to a black person literally doing the exact same thing. And I encourage all of you, if you have not go read the work, the coverage and the commentary from people of color on this, we need to listen because what happened was ridiculous. Absolutely insane.
0: Can I add to like with this whole conversation about the tournament, it's not just put women's sports on TV, like, that's, the bar is so low that that's what, like, that's been the catchphrase forever. I think that was the example, though, don't just put it on TV, invest in the product, because you could see the quality of the broadcast, the fact that they were fully staffed, they had numerous broadcasts, they had different ways of doing this. And, Putting the set outside and having the whole nine yards that you would have for every men's game, not just at the professional level, but at the collegiate level, too. They did it for women. And look at the crowd around it. Look oh, at the atmosphere, And the ticket yeah. prices.
2: They, yeah. they yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's, you know, yes, you could, you know, the catchphrase of put women's sports on TV and sports game, blah, blah, blah. no, 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 no. It, we're going higher from here. We're not settling with that. Invest in the broadcast, invest in the product, invest in the atmosphere, invest in every little aspect of it because it adds up. That had the most, I don't want to say legitimate feel because that honestly takes away from everything else that did have that legitimate feel, but it had the most like comparable feel to the product and the effort that's been given to the men's game forever. And it was just so nice to finally see that from, for the women's level. And it, it's a collegiate level and we're seeing this. So it's like, if this is, this is the new bar, let's see where we're going to go from here.
1: A hundred percent. It was awesome. It was really, really good. And again, I just, the conversation, for people who are willing to take looks at themselves, we had a hell of a great sporting event and we're having some really important conversation around it. And I think that the value of both is huge. So kudos to those women and those teams and we love to see it. Um, I guess we have to talk about NHL hockey, guys. Sorry.
0: (laughs) Nothing seems as exciting now. (laughs) Can can, Can we get an ounce of the energy and investment that we saw in NHL coverage? Does anyone want to give a shit enough to do it? Does anyone out there? Like, I don't know, because it's like there's not enough fun and pop. And anytime there is, everyone's fucking criticizing it.
1: Well, let's try. There is some excitement going on. Our last bit of news um, is that Leon Draisaitl hits friend fifty. Of the Leon friend of the <laughs> hits fifty goals. He's the third player to do so this season, alongside his teammate Connor McDavid. Obviously, David Pasternak. Um Oh, and Rantanen is on pace to do it also. And point. And point. Thank you, Shana. Um, We have talked for a couple seasons about how goal scoring is going up across the league. It's exciting. And these are crazy numbers. But what does this tell you about the state of the game? Or is this more about truly, we're seeing some elite level talent playing right now,
2: Sarah? I just, is this the quietest 100 point season of all time? Because he obviously is overshadowed by McDay. I just wonder so much what, they would look like if they played separate from each other. Because obviously and obviously we see them on different lines and all that jazz and stuff. But on different teams, you just wonder what they would look like. And I and I'm so curious about that because I want to give Dry some credit, right? Because yeah. it's insane no matter how you slice it. I think I love all the high scoring and all the fun. And I just he's such a complete player. And yeah. you just don't It's so hard to give him that respect because he's uh, next to McDavid. It's interesting, right? And
1: so, you know, we didn't give a shout out, but Chris Letang hits a thousand games uh, this past weekend, which um, I've always been a fan of him. He seems really cool. And it looked like they did it up really, really right in Pittsburgh. But as you were talking, Sarah, I was thinking – You know, Evgeny Malkin still gets his due, even though he plays with Sidney Crosby. Shayna, why doesn't Dreisaitl get his attention? Is it because they don't have the championships yet? Or is is there a different dynamic here if you compare it to like a Malkin Crosby?
0: That's a good question. I think maybe the championships. And it's like, sorry, friends, you're probably not going to get an Edmonton. So whenever he asks out of Edmonton, he'll really get his due. But I think the biggest thing is like the conversation of Crosby-Malkin don't play together at even strength, period, the end. McDavid, Dreisaitl sometimes do, and it's because sometimes Dreisaitl needs the help. Last year, they were able to separate them as a one-two punch, and it was fantastic, right? And then they knew, late in games, that you need a goal, put them together, stack your lines, things like that, good adjustment to have, and obviously the power play. This year... They were put together pretty often. I think it was the two of them plus Hyman as the line a lot of the time because Drysaddle wasn't doing it on his own at 5-on-5. And he legitimately, in February, I wrote about it for the Vibe Check, was having an awful 5-on-5 season. And then at the end of February, he just, like, snapped his fingers and has been incredible since. And he's finally driving his own line and doing everything that he needs to do to be successful. In addition to everything he does on the power play, like 66% of his goals are power play goals, which is just insane, especially when, like, It all comes from one area. It generally is a one-timer, and it's like the same goal over and over again, but he's so good he can keep scoring it. It feels like he should be getting attention this month, especially now that he's changed his game so much from the early goings of the season, and it just doesn't feel like he is. We acknowledge his power play scoring. We acknowledge the big moments, the scoring pop. But what about everything else? And last postseason was the first time it felt like he was getting his due because he's doing it on one leg and that's the only if he did it on two legs, would we talk about him because of everything McDavid did, or would we still have been McDavid-centric, right? Like he had to do it on one leg to get it to get the credit. So I really hope this postseason he can start carrying what he's doing right now into it and that we can start talking about him like we do. Crosby and Malkin, that they're two different players. They're giving the Oilers the scoring depth they need, the balanced top six in every which way. And then with the power play is just like extra on top of it instead of being the focus, right?
1: Well, we stand, Leon Dreisaitl. He's, I love his game, even if he's playing on one leg. Um, but again, I'm with you, Sarah, quietest hundred points. It's just crazy. Like you, we completely forget about him and maybe he even has more personality. Maybe this should be our new campaign is <laughs> like Leon Dreisaitl is all-star or something of this nature.
2: Are need we? a German correspondent to get his personality. Oh, there and maybe go. that is legitimately <laughs> part of it too. True, true, true. Like you don't true. really yep, see a sure. German player every day that's at this caliber. So yeah. Bill yeah, yes. as she, yeah. Well, as Shana said, he's popping off at kind of the wrong time. Like at this point, nobody really cares about what anyone's doing. It's like, okay, teams are in the playoffs and people are getting on right. like load management type things. So yeah. call me when you're good in the playoffs. And which he did. So I'm excited to see yeah. what I'll do this year.
0: What will huh. you do healthy? But also with the 100 point season, like you're saying, it's the quietest 100 point season. It's like for years we're complaining. Look at the scoring race. Jamie Ben won in 14 15 with what 87 points. Mm-hmm. We're all like, what the fuck? This is terrible. And now we're getting these hundred point scores, and it's like once we broke that threshold of getting them again, did we all stop giving a shit? Uh, well, I think Sarah's
1: onto it though, right? Because like even now, like I skim the like morning skate emails from the league and stuff, and all I'm looking at is the team focused stuff right now. Respectfully, yeah. like I don't have time. To- like. Unless it's the team I cover, I I just, I'm like, great. Is the team winning? Okay, yeah, you're the one that always scores. You scored again. Good for you. Like, it doesn't matter right now, realistically.
0: No, you're right. Literally, when I, talking about 50 goal scores, I wrote about it two weeks ago. And as I went through the numbers for someone like in, I didn't even realize just how much he was scoring goals compared to years past until I had it in front of me and had no choice, but because I wanted to see how does he generate his goals. I had no choice but to, like, stare at this information. I watch him play all the time, and it still didn't, like, register to me because I'm like, well, look at the avalanche and their injuries and look at what McKinnon's doing and McCarr is being incredible in his minutes that it's like we're sweeping him under the rug when we should be highlighting him screaming, this is a player hitting 50 goals and, you know, hitting career highs. I'm
1: going to start a new feature to the podcast, which is going to be the Shayna subtle uh, mic drop moments where she went. I wrote yeah. on this last week. I wrote on this last week. We're up to two. Well, the counter is up to It's fine. Here we go. Well,
0: when you
2: dig funny. in. You dig in on your art. Yeah. I mean. There you go. Like, you want to talk about it? Otherwise, yes. I wouldn't
0: I wouldn't have paid attention to the. I, we know. We know he's doing amazing. Boring. The Avalanche, they're boring. We hate the Avalanche on this podcast, yeah. actually. Cal McCarr. So. Oh. Excellent. No, just kidding. Enemy. We love Kel McCarr. Kel, like, no one's talking about how good he is this season. Let's talk about underrated things. Okay, well we we'll he's va- amazing.
1: Okay, so maybe Wednesday will be our underrated episode. We'll see how this goes. We'll see what the teams keep Cam doing. Cam Car underrated said no one ever. <laughs> somehow. Yeah, exactly. My column, that's three. Just kidding. Um, all right, let's move on, my friends.
2: <laughs> Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook?
0: Yeah.
1: Now's your chance to support a team with real grit. The Chevy ZR2 family of off-road trucks. The first ever Silverado HD ZR2 joins the all-new Colorado ZR2 and the Silverado ZR2 for a commanding lineup of off-road ready trucks. Equipped to take on anything this season throws their way. Visit Chevy.com to learn more.
0: Jewelry can say many things on your wedding day. As a wedding band, it can say, this is a forever symbol of our forever love. As a gift to your wedding party, it can say, thanks for standing up there with us. Blue Nile can help you find the piece that says it all and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com we are blessed,
1: but also a little sad that we are bringing back a segment that we've introduced recently. Um, But again, it may just have to become a thing. And that is how does this affect the Leafs? Y'all the Leafs are in fact locked into a playoff spot. They are in fact locked into a playoff matchup. What they are not necessarily locked into now is a goaltending solution because Matt Murray was injured in the Leafs game versus Detroit gets hit, falls, hits his head on the ice. um, And post game, it was said that he is in concussion protocol. First and foremost, we've talked about how scary these kind of injuries can be. So we wish him a full and healthy recovery on the timeline that is required, not mandated. Um, But in terms of on ice product, this is a blow for a team that hasn't seen round two in how many years? Uh, Shana, what's your take on the loss of Matt Murray for Toronto, short or long term?
0: So it I think it's really tough because like I hate how many people are looking at it like, oh, see, we were right about him, like cause he's so injury prone and he's had head and neck issues before. But like it was a collision with Lucas Raymond. It wasn't you can't predict this stuff, right? Like it just happens. Any player would have been injured in that situation. It fucking sucks that he is because it just it truly is unfortunate for him. But with it, it's just, the Leafs don't need excuses, right? This was the risk management took was going into the year with this tandem. And while I think many expected if he could stay healthy, Murray would be the better goalie, he hasn't been. But the weird thing was, not weird thing, I think the risky part was last night, you see Samsonov. It looked like tweak his arm in the game and stay in the game because he's their only goaltender, right? And he had played a back-to-back, you know, back-to-back the night before, less than twenty-four hours before. If I'm the Maple Leafs, I pull him immediately because you worry about not just the short term, oh, we lose this game, yes, you need the points because you want home ice, but long-term, like, what if you screw yourself and have no goalies? Who's playing goal then? Like, your third string, your fourth string? It just feels like there's too much wrapped into, like, this year, next year, that they can't take any risks now, right? Like, Before they shouldn't have, but now they legitimately can't because they have one goaltender. They don't even have the option of two, regardless of like Murray's performance. Like, at least he was an NHL caliber goalie who I think a lot of teams would have trusted in the playoffs. We've seen what he's done before there, and you know, it's different than the regular season. So the whole situation is really dicey, and they have to like really hope that nothing happens to their goalie and they don't run him into the ground or let him play through something if he tweaks it in a game.
1: Sarah, what are your thoughts on the loss of Matt Murray for Toronto?
2: there's no update yet on if it was a concussion or not, but he does have a concussion history that has clearly impacted his play where he was starting to get back to himself in Toronto. And it just sucks that if he he does have a concussion, I don't know. So hoping for the best for him, but at the same time, it just shows like, I've just heard so much about how this Bruins regular season doesn't matter until they get to the playoffs or whatever. And just like, it does matter if, they are that good. You get to sit out your goaltender. Like I, um Mark has barely played since they qualified and since they won the president's trophy. And that matters because what if your number one goalie gets hurt in a stupid game? That doesn't matter like this. You know what I mean? So I think, I don't know, the NHL is a very proud kind of stupid league sometimes. And I do think once you qualify for playoffs, you really do have to start looking at load management and the Bruins have put the president's trophy locked down and everything, I've had the luxury of doing that. And that's what makes the regular season important, you know? So I think maybe it doesn't always have an indication of who's going to win the cup, but it does give people a better chance. And I, I think it just sucks for the Leafs, obviously. I hope Murray's back and I'm awaiting anxiously the update.
1: Empathy for the Leafs. Who thought we would see it? But here we are. We have some empathy for the Leafs. Of course we leaf. thought
0: we'd see it. I don't our know. Crow Leafs podcast. Yeah, We're our, always our empathetic.
1: All right, my friends. We uh now move on to an unfortunate segment that we often have to touch on, and that is the shit list. Um, I don't know that we have a ton to say here, but we wanted to um, close the loop on a story that we have been following. Um, It was announced, we record on Monday, and it was announced as we went to record um, that Mercyhurst has severed ties with Carson Breer. He is no longer on their team. They also said that they would not be discussing any details or the matter further. Um, As we recall, uh, Carson Breer is now facing charges um, for damaging the wheelchair that he tossed down a set of stairs with a friend. Um, this was the second time that he's been doing things that don't reflect well on his team or most importantly himself. Um, Sarah, we have already talked about this a lot. Is there any more you want to add just as this relationship seemingly comes to an end between Carson and formal um, trajectory-focused opportunities to play the game of hockey?
2: Yeah, I think... Sometimes you let the investigation happen and the investigation finds that he did enough to warrant being kicked off the team and it's the second team he's kicked off of. So let's see how far nepotism will take him if he gets added to another team. So I don't know.
0: Shayna, any additional thoughts? Yeah, it's an unfortunate situation, but it feels like penalties are important when you do things, right? Like there's consequences to your actions as someone who it doesn't seem like has learned from them before. So... You know, at the end of the day, no one's rooting for someone's failure, but they're, you know, I think most of us are rooting for someone to learn and wake the fuck up and not be so, I don't know, like privileged because of who they are and who they know and whose family they're a part of. So, you know, if he can learn from it, by all means, but um, I don't hold my breath when it happens in hockey because, you know, I think we're all surprised that there was anything to come down from this in the first place, right?
1: Indeed, indeed.
0: All right, let's move on to hockey talk. Um, I said this
1: slightly in jest last time we recorded, but now I mean it because I think any lightning fans that listen to this show, you owe us money because we talked about how much Tampa Bay was struggling and now they've won three in a row um, and they've clinched their playoff spot and they're fine. And again, they will play the Leafs in the first round. They're just vying for where that series will start. Um, but again, you know, we we did a fuck Mary kill last episode of, um how we liked the playoff situation to round out and when decisions got to be made and we all wanted chaos. and my goodness, we are getting it. Let's start in the West, a team that many of us, myself included thought had just gasped their last breath. And that is the Calgary Flames, who are now on That's a- That's
0: what you got for them? <laughs> what? That's it? Gasp their last breath? I'm. When you said that, I'm like, she's not going with the Flames, 1st We're going with, like, maybe the Death. <laughs> because deck. they're succeeding. I
1: can't do, like, going up in flames, burning down, ashes Someone to ashes.
0: them, I don't know, spark their flame. You have all the answers. Figure it out. That was a shitty one. I need something better for the Flames.
2: The, the extinguisher. I think, well, is the easiest thing
0: you've ever said to me. <laughs> oh that my was... God! I thought you were talking about the Winnipeg Jets right now. I am disappointed in you that that is what you went with for the Flames. The easiest team to do it. It's not our job to figure this out. We're not as witty as you. This is your thing. Have we used I'm them, trying them all to up? Be
1: professional. Have I'm trying to be professional.
0: Out? The Flames have won
1: four games in a row. They currently sit. Two points out of the second wild card spot. I had spent way too much time on playoff clinching scenarios. I don't even want to talk about it. Um, but the flames are still in it, folks. They do have two fewer games to play than a couple than the Seattle Kraken, who's the first wild card, and then the Golden Knights, who have already obviously clinched a spot and have 101 points, therefore being basically unreachable. But Sarah. Are the Flames going to do it after all?
2: Yeah. I mean, you go back to that 8-2 loss against the Kings and you feel like they kind of got some momentum from that. And a lot of the guys that have won a Stanley Cup before will tell you that usually there's a really, really bad loss that kind of makes you real evaluate things and do a gut check. And it's either, okay, the season's over now. Or if we're still in it, let's get it together. Let's be really mad at each other and ourselves and figure it the fuck out. And I think they did. I mean, I guess we'll see, but it seems like they have reignited. Hello, hello, hello. We did it. We did it. But I think that's great for them. And they're having these, like, gritty wins. So I think that matters. And it's like the, the 8-2 win loss is the same on the scoreboard as a 1-0. Well, that's not objectively true. But it's the same in the, the standings, right? So it's like it's one loss. It effing sucked, but let's get it together. And it seems like they have. Shaina,
1: are the embers going to be lit Ooh. anew or is Calgary going to flame out and be extinguished from the playoff picture? Enough for you? Beautiful. Love you. Thank, you. thank um, you.
0: Thank you for doing that for me. You're welcome. Um, you know what? Like last night I was watching them play the Ducks and I turned on the game and they were losing. And yep. then they managed to pull even. And then they somehow fall apart again. And like, look, even the worst teams in the league can put up good games. And for those kinds of games, like, I don't know if it's better if it is that gritty win of like, here's the adversity and you have to keep pushing yourself or if they should have just stomped all over them like I don't know which would have been better for them. When you look at their schedule coming up, though, you have Chicago, you have Winnipeg, and that's a huge one right there. Obviously, we have Vancouver, Nashville and San Jose. It's really not the toughest schedule, but we've said it how many times they have the easiest schedule of anyone, but you have to win those games. It feels like they have it going at 5-on-5. They generate... I've never seen a team generate so many shots and scoring chance... uh, Shots, I'm sorry, and not win the game because they can't get those scoring chances. And then the offense is going, but the goaltending's not. The defense is perfect, but the scoring isn't happening. Like, there's always something wrong with it, but... I think I saw something that said, you know, they were saying like, we're not going to take pity on ourselves anymore. And we're going to look at this differently and change their attitudes. And like, if that's what it takes, so be it. I wonder if that's something the players are taking on themselves. If it was someone from higher up. Like, I wonder what sparked that to now change it. Like, do or die moments. I don't know. But it feels like if this team can battle their way in, they deserve to be there. But it just feels like they've taken every opportunity to pull themselves out of the mix. So I really don't know what they have left because it's not just on them, right? They can't decide their fate. They need everybody else to lose, too.
2: Winnipeg and um, Nashville games, if they win them in regulation, I'm sure they'll make the playoffs, but that's a huge ask for other two other teams in the same conference fighting for that.
0: And especially against, you're saying, beat UC Soros, assuming he plays, and I can't see him not playing in a game like that. Yeah. Beat Con- Connor Hellenbach, two of the best goalies in the league yeah. who've been saving their team seasons. Good fucking luck. The team that cannot finish their chances. It's like the biggest hill to climb for them.
1: Well, let's talk about Connor Hellebuck and his team, too, because they are the team that sits in front of the Calgary Flames, and they have played the exact same number of games as the Calgary Flames, two more than the Seattle Kraken, who sit ahead of them in wildcard one spot. And Winnipeg has been a team that just could not seem to hold down what they had earned to start the season. We've talked about this, but now they seem to be back a little bit too. And they have won two games. Are the Jets ready to take off,
0: Shayna? Yeah, did they finally get through their turbulence this weekend with two, thank you, huge wins? I mean, they kicked the crap out of the Red Wings, sure, whatever. But they kicked the crap out of the Devils. That's a little more noteworthy to me. Um, even considering some of the Devil slides, like, it's a much bigger win, and to do it in back-to-back games, that's something, but it's, like, I feel like when you compare the Flames and the Jets, right, like, take coaching out of the conversation, because we have probably not good things to say about both, but it's, like, who in the locker room is going to hold themselves more accountable, and I feel like it's the Flames. I feel like the Flames players know what they need to do to, like, get their game faces on and move forward and stop feeling bad for themselves, take accountability and go, if we don't make it, it's on us. And this is what we have to do to do it. I don't get that vibe in Winnipeg. Maybe Josh Morrissey has it, but like the forward group, it feels like they don't have the accountability. And it feels like the coach doesn't have the accountability for it either. And everyone wants to blame each other and go, but it's not me. So I wonder if they like have gotten past it. And I feel like the next couple games is kind of going to decide that, right? Like, do they have it? Forget about even like me saying, forget the numbers, right? We know they're backsliding up 5-on-5, five five, but like the vibes. Does that locker room have it? I don't know. I have like legitimate questions. Sarah, are the Jets winging it or
1: are they on Ooh. course to reach their <laughs> final destination of the postseason?
2: Well, Allison, She's it's going to she- be a water landing either way. <laughs> <laughs> they literally have the Flames next and then the Predators. So these next two games for them on Wednesday and Saturday are just going to be huge. Like, I don't think they're coming back from those two. I mean, I don't mathematically, I don't think you can come back from those two conference losses if it's in regulation. But don't quote me on that. But either way, mentally, you're not coming back.
1: Yeah, they are still able. So okay. the maximum, well, the max number of points that Calgary can get is 95 if they win out. So they are definitely up against it more than, because again, I spent way too much time building this thing. Um, but they're up against it the most um, other than Nashville. Winnipeg seems to be
0: easier. But look at the quality of schedule. Like we, don't I have, know. Like Colorado, Minnesota. Nashville, San Jose, and and Calgary, like that's tough. And Minnesota and Colorado have something to play for. I think until the final day of the season, right, to decide who they play and where they slot. Right. I don't think we're going to see that much load management there. So it's like full strength, figure it out. It's a good test.
1: Right?
2: It'll be a really fun to watch these games.
1: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And again, pay attention to the West people because we love the Twins over at Evolving Hockey, but they were saying that the West was lame because there weren't teams with as many points as teams in the East. This Western Conference final race for the final two spots is hella interesting and fun.
0: Um, but I hate to that. Can I? I hate that. I, I've heard that before too. Like the East is a gauntlet. It is. Yes, there's a ton of points to go around, but I feel like the bad, there's the, both divisions and both conferences have a shit ton of bad teams. Like it's just more dispersed in the West. Isn't that what we want? Don't we scream exactly. for drama and let everything be decided to the last day? Like I don't know which way is better. I think it's fun to have the teams like out there breaking records, crushing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like,
2: Everybody else below that's so fucking close. Yep. It's interesting to have the variety between the conferences and see how it all shakes out when they finally meet.
1: 100%. It is very, very interesting. So check it out, friends. Um, it's going to be some real some really key games. Again, that uh, Wednesday game Calgary is going to be really interesting. So we'll see. Um, but let's humor our Eastern friends then too and talk about what's going on in that wild card race. All six spots above are locked in, but... Fighting for that wild card position are the Islanders, who currently sit in wild card one. Uh, they have lost two. The Pittsburgh Penguins, who sit in wild card two, they have won one game. And then the streaky Florida Panthers, who we all were kind of down on, we said they're done. And then they they seem to lose every game they were supposed to win, and seem to be just determining the final nail in their coffin. But they are clawing back and have won three in a row.
0: Shana, Panthers assessment. Go. Carter Verhage is like legitimately, besides Matthew Kachuk, who's the MVP of that team, Carter Verhage comes up in every big moment for this team and does not get his due. If we look back to last year's playoffs, who was the one Panther who was legitimately good? Carter fucking Verhage and look at him go again. That four goal game, it was so impressive. It feels like he's not the player you expect to put the team on his back, but it's like, here it is. They need something and he's their spark. So I think that's really exciting the goaltending you know you have lion starting a handful of games and even starting back-to-back games well bob's been sick right i mean right but it's like it's a little interesting too like does the team play differently in front of a backup like it's something i feel like you know always gets brushed over did they look at it like well this is our third string goalie we need to tighten up like i really don't know but I wonder how the vibes go like in the few games ahead and how like, who's going to, is someone going to make the tough decisions? Like Paul Maurice is a new coach to this team. He doesn't have the relationships like years and this is my goalie and things like that. Like, will he make the hard decisions if they need it? I really wonder. Um, do I think the Panthers do it? It feels like Pittsburgh doesn't want to do it and feels like the Islanders who we all finally were like, the Islanders are doing it. And the Islanders are like, We're not doing it. You gave us an <laughs> ounce of hope and now we quit. I don't know why they're like they heard Barzell's coming back. They're like, we're gonna
2: be bad again. They don't want I don't I I don't know. It's really hard to win these games right now. That's the thing. Yeah. And that's why you don't want to be put yourself in this position, which that was their problem to begin with, that they put themselves in this position. But
0: Absolutely. Where
2: are and you on the I Panthers, like- Sarah? Me, I mean, I think it's hilarious that Keith Kachuk called them out, and now they can't stop winning because he was correct. And sometimes you need to know when to call the team out. But it was just funny how Kachuk Jr. got enough Jr. because Keith and Matt different names. But Matt that. he wants Matthew to make it so yeah.
0: Brady can be a good boy this year and not disappoint anyone.
1: That is true. Yeah, we need that. Well, and who I was the? It- oh, go ahead, Sarah.
2: Oh, no, that's it. I just thought it was funny that that happened. And I don't know. I mean, Kachuk's having, isn't he at a hundred points too? And he's like one of the first players in forever to have back to, I don't even, obviously McDavid is too, but there was some stat that I don't even remember. But he, I would like to see him in the playoffs because I think he's such an interesting and fun player, but I don't think the Panthers will be good in the playoffs this year.
1: Yeah, I, I don't. They have, they are one point behind. See, the thing is, like, I almost feel like if the Panthers make it in, it's more because the, pits, the Penguins just completely fall apart. Mo- yeah. Less than Florida comes raging back. But I do enjoy the narrative of being called out both by, and who was the golfer who had the traffic cone? With oh, Ekwad?
0: yeah. Uh, pff, I can't remember who it was, but it was. That was so funny, the press conference. Also, how do you, how did he have a traffic cone? That's what I want to know in the arena i don't know was it just in the I, I it's a giant arena maybe it was just stashed away somewhere but like first um, of all i'm all over there. the place over but like, there you happen to have it handy just in case like what's happening <laughs> I, I i don't know people put catfishes literally taped to their bodies ready to rip but that's like, different who knows? that's was different. it a collapsible cone i didn't see any seams on it i didn't get a close-up picture i don't know well, they must no have found a it somewhere. Collapsible I like, this cone. Be funny i don't know i I, those, I don't know i made that up do they make those? Can we Google it? I'm I'm over facts, figures, numbers today. I just want to talk about vibes. Like
1: the and the catfish thing customer. is completely the catfish thing is completely different because that's like the whole like story of the team and it's their tradition. Then they throw them on the ice. It's like you have to you don't just bring a traffic cone like to every game well, they, just in I case you think, need a traffic cone.
0: He definitely didn't bring it himself and like i i'm prepared to be wrong about this if that's the case like i don't know the answer i would have to think it's you're having a couple beverages at a sporting event he did admit knows. to that yes right amen and then you see a traffic cone years go. but you're in this. a building but fer- but why not bring it to your seat Why not? because their seats are small have you been to that arena those box. seats he are was not in great a box, wasn't he oh was, was he? he maybe in a box but all the more reason like, like you're in a box, box you walk was, like, in you with a traffic box
2: Maybe there's a traffic cone in the Somebody box. Somebody got into that. that press, someone got into that press box during the All Star Game by saying they're friends with Carrie Bentman. So I don't know about how the security's gone.
0: <laughs> oh Maybe God, someone spilled amazing. something while they were having beverages in the box, right? And they put up a cone that said "wet." And then he was like, <sighs> "I'm going to take this." <laughs> he what? found the moment to use it.
2: It's getting well, loony caution, Tunes. Caution, wet.
1: Oh, my God. Well, this is this will be the new fanfic we write, is how did the traffic cone get into
0: the arena, and how did it end up, like, the Look, whole thing? Only the Panthers. Oh, I agree. Was I that, agree. Was it this year? Was it this year with... The rapper? Or was it, like, in the... Bo- the rapper, yes. like, in the box next... Year? That glass. was this year, right? Yeah. Yes. Was that this year? That was, like, 10 years box. ago. No, I think oh it was last God. year.
1: Okay, good. Because I was gonna. Who's to
0: say oh, who's their to magical say? season came to a halt because of that? Now the the traffic cone is what's going to bring their season back. It's full circle. They needed something to happen.
1: Oh my gosh, this is.
0: All right. So is Florida in or out? No we... strip clubs, just traffic cones. We're back.
1: <laughs> All right. So final call. We keep asking this question. I cannot. Please keep asking this question. Who makes, who gets the final, let's assume the Islanders can hold on. Let's just assume. Who gets the final playoff spot in the East? Is it Pittsburgh or Florida, Sarah?
2: Pittsburgh. I don't want that to
0: happen. Shayna, It's like the goaltending is really, they're two bad goalies. So I'm going to say Pittsburgh. I feel like Pittsburgh has the oomph, the same with the Islanders. Like that locker room has it, right? I'm all about locker room temperatures I, today.
1: I, 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 well, and you're also, you're like, She's it's City Crosby.
0: Into the climate. You're
1: Your new web series won't be between two stalls. It'll be between two bad goalies with Shayna Goldman.
0: (laughs) Oh my god! I we need to have. I need. I need us to figure out a way to make Jeff Skinner a new bestie. I would like him to have a segment on the podcast.
1: We love him. We love him. him. We'll figure that that out. That
0: one today was amazing.
1: It was very good. Very very good. The Taylor Swift at the end was just Chef's kiss. He Um, loves Taylor Swift. I know. That's what the T shows it. They show the picture. It's fantastic. It's really good. It's really good. All right, my friends. Well, we will be continuing to follow this crazy playoff race. We're enjoying it. We hope you guys are too. It is time, as always, to end this show the way we end every episode. And that is with our very favorite game. And that is Fuck, Marry, Kill. All right, Sarah, as is tradition, you're going to go first. You may need to take notes on this one. Are you ready to hear your options for potential round one matchups, fuck, marry, kill style. Here we go. Here are your three matchup options. LA versus Edmonton, LA versus Vegas, or Vegas versus Edmonton. Go.
2: We're immediately marrying LA versus Vegas. That has all the workings to be an instant classic with Jonathan Quick and just kind of the vibe of both of these teams, right? Like somehow Vegas is already hated for being like not an underdog as their third or fourth year in the NHL. But at the same time, they are having a chip on their shoulder and they always manage to find a way with the players. Like maybe the management hasn't been great. And then you, I've almost forgotten about Bruce Cassidy at this point, but he... Obviously Montgomery is getting a lot of warranted praise for his season with the Bruins, but Cassidy has been doing just fine in Vegas too. So the two coaching styles, I I mean, obviously the Bruins aren't playing in this, but I'd like, I'm curious about the Bruce Cassidy storyline. I am fucking LA and Edmonton because that was so, so interesting last first round. Um, Those were some great seven games and they really, the Kings, really legitimize themselves by playing so well against Connor mcdavid and i'd like to see them what they could do the second year around. and i kill vegas and edmonton just because i'm not i don't know
1: you don't have to feel it you can say you're out it's on it it's the
2: elimination of the other two are actually i would be really looking forward to
1: love it Shana. do you need me to repeat the options or are you ready to go
0: i'm ready okay um I'm going to kill Vegas-Edmonton also. It's only by process of elimination. Uh, they played, what, twice last week, and the games were interesting both times. Like, I think it would be a series with, like, pace and excitement, but the other two give us a little bit more to, like, chew on. Um, I'm going to only fuck LA-Vegas. That, oh. to me, feels like it should not be round one. I want that to be, like, a round two series. I want both of them to make it there. I want Philip Deneau. I want Mark Stoll. Uh, Mark stall <laughs> Jeez, Mark Stone, healthy. I don't even know if that's a possibility, but like I want two of the best shutdown players going head to head. So if it means more time, I want the revenge series for Jonathan Quick. I feel like it needs a little more buildup of us all watching going like, can this happen? Can this happen? I don't think we get that in round one. I don't think we'll focus on it enough because there's too much going on. And then I will marry LA Edmonton I love that series last year. It was one of the most fun round one series, in my opinion, because the Kings were like the ultimate disruptors with their defensive style. And this year we see them improve offensively, and now they're even better defensively, and they have the goaltending. Like it's all there for LA. It's a huge test for McDavid um, and the Oilers to go and McDavid and Dreisettle and the Oilers, excuse me, we're giving him his due. To go up against LA and get through them the way that they're playing. And I love the idea of seeing again McDavid versus Dano. It was, I thought it was a great series. The only downside is if Edmonton loses in round one, that kind of sucks for all of us because we want to see McDavid move on. And if LA loses in round one, then we don't get the revenge series potentially in round two. But it's okay. Not every marriage is perfect.
1: I am going to see now your your round, your later round a comment has thrown me. Mm-hmm. Um I keep changing my mind on this. I well oh, These are good.
0: I will. That's a good thing though. Anyway, it shakes out. I think we're in for a good series, right? Yeah. For sure. No, absolutely. And I'm trying, I want to be different, but I also don't know
1: that it's worth it to be different. I, now that I really, really, really think about it, I am also going to marry LA and Edmonton because I, to your point, Shane, I think that LA's defensive structure, their forecheck is so stringent and it's, it's definitely um, unstoppable force meets immovable object when you put the firepower of the Oilers offense against that defense. And I loved the narrative last year from that series with as long with everybody else. So I'm going to marry that. I'm going to, well, okay. So then, yeah, then I also have to kill LA and Vegas because I want that to be around two meet matchup and then I'll fuck Vegas and Edmonton because I do think that would be really intriguing. And I think, you know, in playoffs, you get to delve more into the stylistic avenues. And to your point, Sarah, we get to focus more on coaching and adaptations and things of that nature. So I'd really like to see Vegas and Edmonton go against each other repeatedly and see how that shakes out. So those are my votes.
0: You know, it's fun. No, no matter what, the, the the poor scheduling that we should anticipate for the playoffs, because oh, of course, gosh. is going to overlap so many games at 7 and 8 o'clock Eastern. Yes the later, even if you have 9 o'clock starts with teams like Colorado and Minnesota, we can kind of like all wind down and focus in on the Western, the Pacific series. Whichever Pacific teams are in it, however it shakes out, that we should really, and I imagine the Seattle series will go opposite this, you know, to keep, they keep it like split per division, I think, right, per night. This is a series I think we'll all be able to watch the most of because all the other games will be winding down. So I think that's really exciting because, this, I think any of these series would have like the potential to be like series, you know, series of round one to watch, you know? 100%. But everyone will be most watching wherever Seattle is playing, of course, obviously. Of course. Of course. Well, them in the Leafs, because of course. Well, of course. Of course. Seattle and the Leafs, the t- everyone's team. <laughs> All right, my friends. Well, that does it for us for this
1: episode. We appreciate you listening in. You can interact with us more on social media. We are on both Instagram and Twitter at two underscore much underscore man. You can follow us, you can get news, you can tell us your Fuck, Mary Kill nominations. You can also click on the links in our bios and find where you can buy our merch. We have hats, sweatshirts, t-shirts, fanny packs, switch cases, notebooks, all kinds of wonderful things for you to represent the Too Many Men brand. And again, all your monies and those proceeds go back right out from us to organizations and people who are doing good work to make hockey better. And just like those people do, as we leave you, we ask each of you to consider trying to do something, no matter how big or small, every day to make sure that hockey truly is for everyone. We will talk to you soon.
2: Love you. Bye.